Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to this special edition of the Four Years Teams Fire American Soccer Show as we are about to preview the final round of qualification for the 2023 U.S. Open Cup as we get ready for these amateur sides. The final 18 will advance for the last nine remaining spots as they get ready for the first round draw next year to see who will face whom uh, against opponents from either the NPSL, the National Premier Soccer League, as well as USL League Two. They will be joining the Milwaukee Bavarians, who automatically uh, join the amateur level, uh, being the U.S. Adult Soccer Association champions of 2022, they earned their spot in the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. And, you know, this qualification rounds or these qualification rounds, you, you know, there's been a lot of exciting soccer being played here. Excellent action. Goals galore, or extra time victories, penalty kick shootouts, trying to get as many streams available as possible to see all, all this action. And you know what? It's going to be exciting to watch. Very exciting to watch. Hopefully all nine matches are available through streaming. And for those of you that are curious to know, yes, new Logical Tech will be streaming on YouTube, as well as their Twitter account, Facebook account, and all their accounts on social media. They will be streaming live from Clifton, New Jersey, the SC Vistula Garfield Lansdowne Yonkers qualifier to see who will go to the opening round and the opening round draw. This, my friends, is what we're expecting. This is the excitement. This is the fun. And this is Obviously, the ticket to get into the dance starting next year. And hopefully, before the draw even begins, we will get all nine winners to come on the show to talk about how they were able to get to this plateau. Uh, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. You know, it doesn't matter which league you come from. It does not matter the status you come from, especially in the lower and the lowest of levels, not just in American soccer, but also in other leagues and other countries, whether they come from Europe, South America, Asia, Africa, also in the Central American countries, club teams, 
going after those those silverware trophies to be known as the national champions, the national club champions of the sport in their country. To say that you lasted all the way from the start to the finish. Opportunity to raise that huge piece of silverware over your heads, either hosting the final or on the road. You know, you always hope for these upsets, these cup sets that continue on. And, you know, once again, we have to give Sacramento Republic a lot of credit for the road that they took starting off in the second round of the U.S. Open Cup, going all the way, all the way to the final of this past tournament in 2022. Most recent ones you cannot forget, it is Christos FC out of Maryland. The road they took... Victory after victory after victory until that fourth rounder against D.C. United at the Maryland Soccerplex in Boyd's, Maryland, where normally that's a home game away from RFK for D.C. United in the Open Cup. And it really was until you saw everyone in that stadium, the majority of that stadium supporting cheering celebrating that my friends is something we will never forget Amadou Kanse that goal to give Christos the 1-0 lead at that time was unbelievable to see unbelievable to watch and we all thought, I mean, I even I thought myself, oh my God, we could have upset city. Oh my God, we could have a major, major upset in front of us because of what Christos FC has done. Cal FC at the time managed by Eric Winalda going all the way deep into the fifth round of the U.S. Open Cup where unfortunately they were stopped by the Seattle Sounders. But they knocked off the Portland Timbers on that road. Dallas-Roma knocking off at the time. Chivas-USA as a member of MLS, but unfortunately could not do the L.A. double falling to the Los Angeles Galaxy. But this tells you right off the bat what this tournament means to the amateur sides that want their piece of the pie. They want to be a part of a legacy. They want to go out there And they want to prove to everybody in the American soccer landscape. Oh, yeah? 
MLS is going to go out there and show us why they're the best. Well, guess what? We're coming for you, too. We're coming after those of you that are with us in NPSL, in USL League 2. We're going to move up to USL League 1. Then we're going to go after you guys at USL Championship. And then we are going to go and tackle on the MLS teams. Because that's what these amateur sides want. They want their 30 minutes of fame. They want their 90 minutes of fame on the pitch. And if it has to go another 30 in extra time, then so be it. Can't do it there? You want to go into a penalty kick shootout? Then you know what? We can do it there too. And that's why you love this game. You love this cup competition. You enjoy watching that moment happen. When the lower levels and the amateur sides get their moment in the spotlight, just like what Sacramento Republic did this past Open Cup, what FC Cincinnati and Miami United did, or should I say Miami FC did back in 2017, where they had to battle against each other just to take on the New York Red Bulls in the semifinals. And even though FC Cincinnati at that time was a USL club and had a 2-0 lead and lost it within the final 15 minutes of that match, going into extra time, tied at two, losing it in the first five to ten minutes in extra time to the New York Red Bulls, that, that goes to show you how much these clubs are going to fight, scratch, and claw their way to the top. Because it's not just winning the U.S. Open Cup title. It's not just being in the spotlight for however long you're going to be in it. There's an opportunity for that club to maybe get to the CONCACAF Champions League. And so far, we haven't had an amateur side getting over that far in recent memory. We are in the modern era, ladies and gentlemen, since 1996, the MLS era. In 1995, the Richmond Kickers were considered first division, even though there was no true first division league. MLS came in 96. The Rochester Rhinos defeated the Colorado Rapids in the 1999 U.S. Open Cup final at Columbus Crew Stadium on national television on ESPN. A second division club defeating an MLS side. And now... Now, amateur clubs finishing up qualifying, finishing up this long qualification road to knock on the door, open it up, and tell the rest of the field, hello, everybody, we're coming in. 
getting handshakes. All of you who want to watch cup sets happen. All of you that wants David to knock off Goliath. Welcome. Give them that opportunity. Give them that chance to go forward and find the way to get started with a draw, advance after the opening round, move in with another draw, advance to another round, and so on, and so on, and so on. This is their moment. To all these amateur clubs that have fought to get to this level, to get to this final round of qualification in the month of December, congratulations. And now, this weekend, this is your final step. This is your final test. This is your final task. Get to the draw for the first round proper of the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. We are all waiting with bated breath. We are all hoping we're going to get a fantastic show this weekend. And even though it will be mixed in with a little World Cup championship final on Sunday between France and Argentina, after that match is over and done with, head on to your computers, streams on Sunday, get ready for the most interesting soccer matches that this country will be providing for you at the amateur level. We have our powerhouses in the amateur level. We have our up-and-comers in the amateur level. And we have our surprises in the amateur level. It's their time to shine. It's their time to put their foot forward, throw that flag deep into the ground and say, it's our turn. We want our moment in the sun. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this show tonight. Once again, we are previewing the final round of qualification for the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. He could not come on live with me tonight, but on with me in a recorded interview, the senior editor and the chief executive officer, the owner of the Cup.us, and that is Mr. Josh Hakala with this recorded interview right now. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the American Soccer Show as we get ready to preview this final round of U.S. Open Cup qualifying for the 2023 edition. Joining me right now is the senior editor and the owner of the Cup.us, the one and only Josh Hakala joining me to talk about this wonderful moment. And Josh, it's great to have you back on the show. It's been a while, but uh, this is an exciting time for all of us that love this Open Cup competition. Yeah, there, there's a lot of great teams uh, that are in it this year and that have survived. There's a lot of new teams and, uh, you know, some of the, some of the old, I would say, old standby that uh, the qualifying tournament's not 
that old, but uh, some of the regulars. Um, but, yeah, it should be an exciting weekend. Uh, you know, I have to say, I don't know if it's you, but for me, I think this has been probably the best qualifying tournament uh, ever since they've got this whole thing started with the amateur side. I, I just think there's been more drama. There's been more excitement. I think we've had more penalty shootouts than normal. But you know what? The, you know, it's the Open Cup. You, you never lose sight of what the ultimate goal is for these amateur sides. Yeah, it, and it's definitely something that's uh, you know, front and center for them, too. They talk about it on social media and all, all the different uh, ways they get, them, get themselves out there to let their fans know about it. And uh, th- th- there's definitely a, a little extra. And I like to also, just from an organizational standpoint, we've had fewer forfeits this year. I think... Uh, a lot of those things got sorted out. Uh, we've had, you know, a couple, but uh, there's definitely been a lot of drama. There's been some good extra time games, like you mentioned, a lot of penalty kicks, if that's your thing. And, uh, yeah, I think we could be in for, in for some more this weekend. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and get into the games right now. Um, right off the bat, Brockton FC United is going to host Peter Wilt's Chicago House AC and... Um, you know, that Massachusetts club, they've done decently well recently in qualification, but we all know Peter, and we all know how much he loves this tournament, and this is, I feel, it's going to be one of the best matchups we're going to have on Saturday. Yeah, and also the uh, one of the longest road trips. I mean, although I'm sure they're probably flying, but, uh, you know, I think a thousand, about a thousand miles between the two uh, two cities, and, uh, and, and have it just, I think it's the, I think it's like the fifth, uh, longest trip that a team has had to make for this qualifying tournament. They obviously try to minimize travel whenever they can, but but no, it, it's good. I think uh, Chicago House, uh, you know, joining the, the, out of the Midwest Premier League, obviously they had their issues with the NISA last year and, uh, you know, left the league and had found a home in the Midwest Premier League. And, you know, they're, uh, I, I think, you know, as, as you mentioned, Peter Wilt loves the Open Cup, and uh, I, I know he was He's dying to get back in there, but uh, Brockton is going to be tough. Uh, they they have been you know regulars the last few years. They qualified last year. They they beat up on uh, on Philly Lone Star on the road to get into the tournament last year, and they're they're using their their UPSL roster for this this game. And this is a team that like went undefeated uh, last year. Um, since their their Bay State Soccer League team is is like an under twenty one team, so. They are mostly college players, and so they actually have to use their senior team for this run. And so they got a very good senior team. So that should be uh, one of the better matchups. It really should be. I can't wait for that one. Of course, the next one we're going to talk about, South Carolina United Heat. They're going to host Club De Leon out of Florida. And um, I understand they'll be part of NISA next year, but so if they do qualify, uh, this amateur side that they'll be in as a two-team, I understand. Yeah, it's going to be a weird situation. <laughs> like, I, I'm not entirely sure how they're going to sort that out because most of the players. So, like, let's say, you know, obviously, as a as a NISA team, you get in automatically as being a professional team. So, but the players they're going to have, I would assume, are going to be part of that team. Like the te- the, the the players they have now on this current team are probably going to be part of the NISA team that will take part in the Open Cup. So they're going to be cup-tied to their reserve team, I guess is what they would be, roster. But then also if they leave NISA Nation, 
and that's a problem too. And so, like, it's, it's a whole—it's it's a whole messy thing. And I'm sure, like, you know, if they win this game, at the 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 Open Cup, <laughs> the, the powers that be are going to have to figure something out. And uh, and so, but either way, it's going to be a—it's it, also going to be a good game as well. The uh, is one of a high-scoring team, Club de Leon, as uh, the the top scorer from uh, Nisa Nation. They were the high, highest-scoring team in the league. Um, and they got the South Carolina Heat, who in, um, last year had to, had to forfeit their win in your in game. They they were on the brink of finally getting into the tournament, but they had a COVID outbreak of their roster. So they've been undefeated the last two regular seasons in the UPSL, so they're strong too. So that should be a good one. It really should be. It's going to be an exciting one. This one, I think, to me, I, I always feel these Midwestern teams fly under the radar. Um, or at least those in the Rocky Mountain region. Azteca FC from Colorado is going to be hosting UDA Soccer out of New Mexico. Outside of New Mexico United, of course, we all know USL Championship side. To me, this feels like it's a sleeper match that no one's going to know about, but I really believe that we're going to have a damn good one on this one. Well, Azteca FC seems to be the team that, I mean, out of all of those, Denver area, you know, the, the, all those Colorado teams that have come out and, and participated in the Open Cup, they've really been kind of carrying the, the water for the rest of the West. Uh, so many teams have entered over the last few years, and they've kind of risen to the top uh, out of the Colorado Super League. They are they are really good. They've qualified three times. You know, they were undefeated in the regular seasons in the spring and the fall, and they, they look like they're ready to qualify again. So they're, they're right there. They had to beat you know, a bunch of local, you know, the Colorado Rovers, another regular FC Denver, of course, we've heard that they've qualified a few times as well to get here. But uh, UDA soccer is an interesting one out of the UPSL because they are one, you know, we can't quite, I, I haven't quite got an explanation exactly how they're associated with New Mexico State University, but we've had club teams in the past that have participated in the Open Cup qualifying trying to get in. Uh, the University of Florida, I think Oklahoma was another one, um, Louisiana Lafayette, I believe. Um, so we've had a few of those in the past. Um, this isn't necessarily like a club team in the traditional sense. So they're, they're more like a, a um, sort of like an academy of sorts, like so players can play year-round. So it's sort of like a club team. Um, so they would be, if they win, they would be the first – uh, the first one, they're certainly the first New Mexico team to qualify out of the open division local bracket uh, in the modern era, but also would be the first uh, team associated with a college other than BYU, of course, who qualified out of the PDL back in the day. Absolutely. I remember those days with BYU and the PDL, that's for sure. Uh, Battleborn FC out of Nevada will be taking on Inter San Francisco out of California. Um, one thing is I know I've had the owner of Battleboro on Battleborn on my show, excuse me, and I know he really wants to get that big spot to get into that opening round uh, for his side. And Inter San Francisco has always been tough uh, in these qualification rounds. Yeah, Battleborn had uh, had a, a really tough uh, you know outcome last year. Last year they were trying to get in. They they lost to San Francisco Metro in the, in the third round. They 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 were looking like they were going to qualify. They're relative. They're both relatively new teams. Um, uh, Battleborn is one of three Nisa Nation teams that are still alive in this. But uh, to get here, uh, they they played against Legend Football Gold, uh, and Battleborn scored a goal in the 30th minute 
and then Legend got a red card, or uh, Legend got a red card afterwards, and so like then they just held on. But in the other on the other side of San or inner San Francisco, they are or they were just cruising. Like ever since they started in 2021, they started out in the first division, which is the third tier, and they've been promoted each of the last two seasons. They moved up to the major division. I don't know how anybody keeps track of all these names of divisions. It's uh, confusing enough with championship and all that stuff. But so they have first division, major division, and now they're in the premier division. And so they have just cruised up the ladder, and they won all of their games with shutouts in 5 nothing, 4 nothing, and 5 nothing. although helped by Davis Legacy. Unfortunately, Davis Legacy only had nine players in their, in their game the third round to get here. Um, and and uh, to make matters worse, one of the players got injured, so they ended up finishing with eight players. So... That one was a little, a little asterisk by that one, but uh, but they have just cruised. Hi, um, yeah, I gotta tell you though, the next one here, and I should say the next two, uh, that Northeastern Corridor, uh, Josh, is going to be exciting to watch. Nova FC, of course, Nova meaning Northern Virginia, uh, will be taking on Eastern Pennsylvania's out of Phil- near Philadelphia, Westchester United. This one, to me, I think we're really going to see a big battle against these two. Could be goal scoring, could be defensive. This will be a big one. Yeah, and and there are two teams that are probably one of the, two of the most ambitious teams in the, in the country. They have so many teams in so many different leagues, um, and they can just they have this giant pool of players. And credit to them for keeping it all straight. Uh, Westchester United has qualified for this tournament multiple times, but through different means. You know, they have a team in the in the USL Pennsylvania, uh, in USL League Two, in NTSL. Um, they they've I mean they've been dominant in the USL PA, and uh, you know they they've won four straight titles, and then the last year I think they got they got uh, knocked off by VE. But um, yeah, they they qualified last year as USL League Two, but they're not going to get in. It doesn't look like uh, if our numbers are correct, we posted a, a thing with projecting what the teams were going to get in for USL League Two and MPSL, and they are not looking like they're going to get in either either league. So this is their their real their main chance to get into the tournament, and uh, they're going to have to go through Nova to get it, and that's going to be tough. Because Nova also plays in a lot of different leagues. And they qualified last year, and they ended up getting knocked off by the Richmond Kickers in the second round. And it was nice to see Nova back. Uh, it had been 21 years, I believe, uh, since the last time they qualified for the tournament. Back then, they were the Northern Virginia Royals in the, the third division back then. And so uh, they're back. They're, they've undergone several name changes over the years, but uh, you know, they haven't uh, they haven't allowed a goal yet. So uh, I think they. It's really, I, I think, like you said, they could cancel each other out, and it could be a real defensive battle, or we could have goals galore. You never know. Exactly, and of course, the other one I'm talking about, and, and you know, I, I, it, it's one matchup I think that we're really going to see a strong one between, of course, hosting SC Vistula Garfield from New Jersey, taking on that powerhouse team in Yonkers, New York, and Lansdowne boys. To me. This is really going to be a test of two sides. One, the old dog in Lansdowne that knows how to qualify for the Open Cup. And for me, Vistula Garfield, who's done so well in their area in Garfield, New Jersey, in Bergen County, 
But you never see a New Jersey team be this strong like maybe those teams in the past that have won Open Cup titles back in the old days. Yeah, and they're and they've been around for a while. They just haven't gotten into the tournament really. This is the, they're celebrating their 70th year this year, uh, but this is the first time they've even entered in this. I'll, I'll call it the modern qualifying tournament, like since 2015, since they they redid the tournament. Um, they almost qualified back in 2003. Their head coach, their current head coach, uh, was playing for the team. I think you know, I mean, he still plays for them now, but. He was a young whippersnapper back in uh, 2003 and uh, got them to the Region 1 final. And they, they nearly got in, but they, they lost to the Bridgeport Italians. Otherwise, they would have uh, punched their ticket for the first time in the modern era. But um, they, we have, according to our records, uh, they've been participating in the tournament. They qualified as far back as 1971. Um, of course, our records are, are incomplete. Uh, that era, the 60s and 70s, a lot of holes uh, that we still need to fill uh, historically. But... So the last, I mean, they, they've been participating since the, at least the early 70s. But Lansdowne Yonkers is just, uh, they've been a powerhouse. Uh, they just show up and start winning Cosmopolitan League championships like it's no big deal. Uh, won four in a row, and then they moved to the EPSL, and they won the, the inaugural league title there. So they've qualified three times uh, in 2016, 18, and then they were the Amateur Cup champions, and they got in in 2021. But, uh, man, Three U.S. Open Cup wins, and they've already got a, a, a pro team upset under their belt. Uh, they beat the Riverhounds a couple years ago, and uh, so I, I don't know. That's a great New York New Jersey matchup right there. Oh, it really, really is. Now the remaining three games will be played on Sunday, December eighteenth. Uh, Beeman United FC out of Tennessee to take on the Defeaters Kicks out of Texas. Um, I, I don't think you've ever seen Tennessee teams taking on Texas teams in these Open Cup qualifiers, but you know what? Something tells me that we're going to have a hell of a match on this one. Yeah, uh, we don't get a lot of Tennessee teams in general, although that has changed in recent years. Uh, you know, the teams like Chattanooga, the, it's been spreading now in Nashville, and uh, there's been lots of little, little amateur teams here and there, and uh, this is another. This is a big one. They they started up in 2021, and uh, they jumped right into it. They lost to, in the UPSL championship game to Orange County FC. We'll talk about later, and um, they were um, you know they nearly even got to the amateur cup final four uh, in in but they they beat AC or ASC New Stars to get there, but then they were disqualified for using an eligible player. So Beeman has got uh, a lot going, a, a pretty solid resume, and they got a, a really strong former pro on their roster as well, Quad uh, uh, Poku. He is the team captain, and he has a, the, the my favorite okay. Open Cup fun fact to, to throw out is with him. Uh, he is one of two players in the modern era that has scored a goal in three consecutive tournaments for three different teams at three different levels. We've only had one other player that pulled that off. He started out in the MPSL with the Georgia Revolution, scored a goal in 2013. He impressed the Atlanta Silverbacks. They brought him in in the NASL, scored a goal for them in 2014, and then got got moved up to Major League Soccer, scored a goal for New York City FC in 2015. So that's a a pretty nice player, a nice ringer to have on your your amateur team. And they're going to play... The Defeaters Kicks SC uh, out of Dallas. 
Uh, they qualified last year. They moved uh, from the, the Roja League up to uh, UPSL. And uh, they probably had the, one of the more uh, controversial uh, endings to their game to get to this point. They were up 2 to nothing over the uh, D10 Lions, and the match ended early because uh, the referee was just getting badgered by the D10 players. And, uh, and according to the, uh, the referee report, uh, they spit at or spit at him or toward him or something. Uh, and finally he was like, I've had enough and uh, called the match off and uh, apparently got kicked in the, in the shin or I don't know, got kicked, I guess I'll say. <laughs> and uh, so I'm sure there's going to be some punishments uh, handed down from the D10 Lions, but the defeaters at least were up to nothing. They were in control of the game. Things were going their way, so they moved on, but uh, not without some, some significant controversy. No, absolutely, and that's terrible when you hear stuff like this. And uh, I, I absolutely, uh, I'm disgusted when you hear one side just being, uh, shall we say, it spoiled sports. But what are you going to do about it? Uh, the next two are interstate matchups. Miami United will be taking on Naples City in that Florida matchup. There, the Southern. Florida to take on Western Florida. This is going to be a fun one, but I'll say this right now. Naples City could upset if Miami United is not too careful here. Yeah, I think it would be it would be a bit of an upset. Uh, Miami United has gotten a huge resume uh, on, under their belt. I mean, Naples didn't exactly uh, set the world on fire in their last two seasons. They were sixth place in the spring and third place in the fall, and so, you know, I mean, they're, they're, uh, they have a team in the National Soccer League, which is where this Miami United team also plays, uh, and they won the spring championship. So they're not, you know, they're sort of a mixed bag. You don't know, I, I don't know what uh, players they have from, you know, from the NSL roster that are, that are contributing to this or the UPSL team. But, um, you know, they've gotten through back-to-back shutouts, uh, and uh, they uh, Miami United has, you know, this is – they. I don't know. They they've got a team in the NPSL, and this is sort of like their their reserve team, I believe. They they qualified in 2019, but declined because their roster was cup tied. Um, they qualified in 2020, but the tournament was canceled. And then they've qualified in 2015, 2017, 2018, and now they they qualified last year as well. And I would say they're their biggest. I mean, obviously this is in the past, and I don't know how many players are still around, but. Uh, in 2018, they uh, were one of 17 amateur teams in the modern era to reach the fourth round. And it's one of those things that I think that if you're really a, uh, like a stat geek and you follow this really closely, uh, you might look at their, their run to the fourth round where they lost to Orlando City, um, which was the first time an NPSL team had ever played a major league soccer team. It's surprising that it took that long to 2018. But they beat FC Kendall, which was in that open division local team in the first round. And then they beat Miami FC two out of the MPSL. And you're thinking like, okay, another amateur team at the MPSL. Uh, that was actually a pro team that was moved down, uh, you know, with the whole you know, NASL uh, situation and everything. And then the Jacksonville Armada were in the next round, also an MPSL team, also a pro team. So they actually ended up that while they won't get credit for it, maybe in the statistics, you know, I just have a little asterisk in my record book that uh, shows that they beat two pro teams to get to the fourth round, and uh, very few teams have done that. Very few teams have done that. And the final matchup, interstate rivals here, if you want to call it that, in California, Orange County FC will be hosting Capo FC or Capistrani uh, FC. You know, 
Paul Caligiuri, uh, I'm assuming still the head coach for Orange County FC. Uh, I remember him having that big battle in the Open Cup uh, against his uh, World Cup teammate back in 1994, and uh, Eric Winalda, who was head coaching Las Vegas Lights at that time. You know, I don't put it past them. They're going to do something big. But Capo has been a very solid California amateur team uh, going into these qualifying rounds. And when they do qualify for the Open Cup, they are a tough nut to crack. Yeah, and it's hard to know because uh, they've only played one qualifying game. So, it's, I mean, we, we have their, their league resume. They're, they're, you know, in Nisa Nation, they were undefeated in the spring. And they also have, they have a team in the SoCal Premier League undefeated currently. At least last I checked, they were still undefeated. Um, so they're, they're getting it done in league play. And, but, you know, when you look at their, their resume to get here, they, they, won a, they got a forfeit. Uh, OC Kings didn't have enough players. And then they beat Laguna United four to one in the second round. But then uh, Desert FC didn't have enough players for their third round game, and so they got a forfeit too. So they've only played 90 minutes uh, to get to the final round, but uh, they'll take it, I'm sure. But uh, with, Osha, or with uh, Orange County FC, I mean, this is like the not to be confused with the USL Championship team, obviously, but the uh, the NTSL team. This is the reserve team, and uh, they also had uh, a run. Uh, in the Open Cup in that same that was 20 I think that was 2018 as well Um, when they like as you mentioned uh, played the Las Vegas Lights they in in the Battle of Orange County they uh, they needed penalty kicks to upset the USL Championship version the Orange County SC and 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 then they got to play the LA Galaxy so they were again I said that you know Miami United was one of 17 to reach the fourth round uh, and they we're one of those 17. So uh, the Orange County has has got the resume for it. Well, and so far they've been cruising through uh, through qualifying, uh, beating Trojans FC three to one, and they dropped seven goals uh, in the next two games. Uh, Temecula FC and Escondido FC. They were actually down two to nothing in that game, and somehow came out and won seven to three. So uh, clearly, I got woken up at halftime there. No, oh, absolutely. This is going to be a lot of fun, Josh. And I'll tell you. Uh, 18 clubs remaining, nine spots are open, joining Milwaukee Bavarians, who won the U.S. Adult Soccer Association Championship to get that automatic spot into that opening round. Uh, how do you think it's going to play out in this game? Do you think we're going to get tons of fireworks, or we're just going to get a little bit of a ho-hum uh, final here? You know, it, it's hard to, it's really hard to know, because you don't, I, it, it, if you don't, like I haven't been able to watch the game, so I think that's a that's one handicap that I have. But um, I mean, traditionally, um, I, I think that they're they've got their they've got the resume, they've got the tradition, the tradition there that goes back to the 1920s, I think it is. Um, and this is a, a team that continues to just bring in more and more players. They've just established themselves, and uh, and I, I don't see any you know they have no signs of uh, slowing down. So I. I I, I think uh, I like their chances to, to, you know, keep it going. Absolutely, and I think we're going to have ourselves a hell of an Open Cup uh, next year. Of course, uh, cannot wait for that opening draw, that opening round draw to be to uh, tell us who's going to play whom coming out of NPSL, USL League Two, and, of course, these amateur teams in the qualifiers. Um, finally, Josh, um, I know you're always looking for writers to uh, help you cover these uh, open cup games where can they contact you 
so they can help you out just as much as you can help them out, cover, get these games done and uh, taken care of for uh, the proper rounds? Yeah, it, you know, we, we're, always, we're always looking for people everywhere. I mean, you can never have too much depth to your, uh, to your writer's roster. Uh, this is true in uh, covering tournaments as well as it is with, uh, with teams playing on the field. But uh, there's, there's always, if you're near a team or in the vicinity of a team, we, you know, just reach out to us on social media. Um, you, can, you know, we have a contact us uh, uh, form that goes right, it goes right to my email. I, I know contact forms are always scary for people. You never know where they're going to end up. Um, so if anybody is interested in covering a game, sometimes even like for some of these games, you know, we would settle for updates. <laughs> there are some games where there's no uh, video happening. And so like, we really just need somebody there to tell us what's happening. So, um, so you know, we're looking for writers, uh, you know, any or photographers or anybody who wants to uh, get involved in, uh, in covering these games. Obviously, you know, when we get places like, you know, Minden, uh, Nevada. You know that that's that's tough because there's not a lot of there's not a, a deep history of uh, of professional soccer or even amateur soccer there. So we uh, we don't have a you know a good a deep writers roster for that area. So um, oddly enough, there are some cities, some major cities where we need people too. Miami, for some reason, I think because there's just there's too much beach going on down there. People are busy. I don't know. Uh, we we have a a tough time tracking people down for, for Miami. So if anybody wants to, to chip in in the Miami area in South Florida, let us know. But, uh, yeah, there's always there's always help to be had. That's great to hear, Josh. And, listen, uh, good luck with the rest of the way with the uh, Cup.us and especially this 2023 season. I think it will be a lot more exciting this year than the past uh, Cup tournaments, but I've probably been saying that ever since uh, we get ready for a new Cup season. So, this is Josh Hakala from the Cup.us joining me today to preview these final qualification round games to enter the 2023 U.S. Open Cup first round. Josh, as always, thank you so much for your time, and I'll catch you very soon next season. Happy holidays to you and your family, and good luck with next year. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much, Thanks so much Fred. And that's Josh Hockelow once again, the senior editor and CEO of thecup.us as we get ready for these big, big games starting this coming weekend. Here is the schedule once again for all of you, just so you know what time and what time zone in the United States if you want to watch it. Uh, hopefully there will be social media. And, of course, follow thecup.us online uh, on their website as well as their Twitter account, which is US Open Cup. Uh, on social media. Check out all their social media platforms uh, just in case they're not just on Twitter but on other uh, places like maybe Facebook, also these other new uh, social media meet meetups. I guess Mastodon is a brand new one. Uh, if there's a Discord available for the Open Cup, uh, for U.S. Open Cup or the Cup.us, so get ready for that one. But here we go. Here is a schedule once again for this final round of the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup qualifiers for Saturday, December the 17th, and Sunday, December the 18th. Here is for Saturday right now. Brockton FC United from Massachusetts, so they'll host Chicago House AC, and that will be at 2 p.m. Eastern time at the Randolph High School in Randolph, Massachusetts. Uh, hopefully they will get that uh, game in, uh, played in time. I understand there's a massive snowstorm coming. 
Uh, don't know how bad or if it will hit the Boston area very badly, or at least the Boston area. So hopefully they will be able to get that match underway. Uh, South Carolina Heat, South Carolina United Heat, excuse me, of, uh, they'll host Club De Leon of Florida, and that will be at 3 o'clock Eastern time. And that will be at the Southeastern Flight, excuse me, Southeastern Freight Line Freight Lines Soccer Center in Columbia, South Carolina. Azteca FC out of Colorado will be taking on UDA Soccer from New Mexico at 3 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Mountain at the Dick's Sporting Goods Park, Field 8 in Commerce City, Colorado. That's, of course, the backyard of the Colorado Rapids uh, soccer stadium and fields in that area. Battleborn FC from Nevada will be hosting Inter San Francisco, of course, out of California, at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific, at the Douglas High School in Minden, Nevada. Nova FC, that's Northern Virginia FC, from, of course, Virginia, uh, they will be hosting West Chester United uh, of Pennsylvania, and that will be at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, Virginia Revolution Sportsplex in Leesburg, Virginia. And then, of course, the big one between SC Vistula Garfield out of New Jersey, as they'll host the boys of Lansdowne Yonkers FC, course from Yonkers, New York. That will be played at the Athena Steel Recreation Complex in Clifton, New Jersey. That's not far away from me. I don't know if I'll be able to get there, but I will be able to watch. I know that match will be streamed live by New Logical Tech once again. So get ready for that one. And that will be at 7.45 p.m. Eastern Time. And those are the six matches on Saturday, December the 17th. And the final three on Sunday, December the 18th, and here they are. Beeman United FC out of Tennessee as they'll take on the Defeaters Kicks Soccer Club from Texas at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central at the Richard Siegel Soccer Complex in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Miami United FC taking on Naples City FC. Both are from Florida at the Milander Park in Hialeah, Florida at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And then finally uh, at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Pacific, Orange County FC hosting Capo FC. Both are from California. And the field will be the Orange County Great Park field number 13 in Irvine, California. Now, as I understand it, it's a new venue for Orange County FC. And uh, this kickoff time was also updated back on November the 29th uh, this past month. So that's going to be fun. That's going to be exciting. I cannot wait for this to get underway. And it's going to be a lot of fun, ladies and gentlemen. I know I'm, I'm excited for it. You're excited for it. Nine of those 18 clubs will be battling for those spots to join the Milwaukee Bavarians, the U.S. Adult Soccer Association champions, who will advance to be drawn in the first round 
of the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. This should be exciting. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I cannot wait for this to get underway starting tomorrow and continuing on this Sunday, this weekend. Check the cup.us online as well as their Twitter account, live, live tweeting. Hopefully, every match in this final round will be streaming live, and it should be exciting. Hopefully, we'll get somebody over there. If it's not streaming, hopefully, we'll get information of goals and situations, cards, and possibly reds. And we'll see what happens moving forward. I want to thank once again Josh Hakala, excuse me, Josh Hakala from the Cup.us, the senior writer and chief executive officer of the website, for joining me today of giving us uh, great insight on these final nine qualifiers as those teams are going to now attempt to get into the first round proper and the draw for the 2023 Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Join me this coming Wednesday as I will be joined once again by World Soccer Talk's Carter Krishner as we review the job from Fox Sports on their coverage of the 2022 FIFA World Cup. And then I think that will do it for the 2022 Four Scenes Fire American Soccer Show season. Once again, my name is Daniel Feuerstein. Thank you very much for listening to me tonight. And as always, please enjoy your football. Thank you. Have a good night. Take care so long. And bye-bye for now.